1: And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. I am a master of the law of taxation law and a master of the laws of intellectual property law. Both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, and my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates, wills, and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors who've been fraudulently harmed by fraudsters who engage in the various forms of financial elder abuse. I am, as always, so pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAC studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some financial and legal issues confronting families and small business owners. However, once again, I must ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing or entering into a, an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information in your quest to find qualified, professional help. And I say this and I do this because I'm known for saying, I believe that if you represent yourself in a legal matter, especially one with financial implications, you are taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And although you might get lucky and sneak up on your adversary and scratch her on the arm or maybe even poke her in the eye, more than likely you're going to be dead on arrival. And that is to say, your valid and righteous claim or your valid and righteous defense will likely see the promised land way before you do, and certainly not in the courtroom. So, once again, I share the purpose of this show is to discuss your money, and sometimes the lack thereof, and other financial issues that you really need to consider to protect your family and its financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening forum. You know, because I listen to you, and I have heard from you out there in radio land, and first I want you to know how sincerely I appreciate you reaching out to me to share your thoughts and comments about this show. And I do want to hear from those of you who have financial or legal issues you'd like me to discuss on Selwyn's Law here at KFAX. It would be my honor, privilege, and pleasure to do so. Now, that being said, in response to a request for more information, today I want to continue our discussion that we started last week on what it is that we all need to reflect on and think about as we enter into our late 50s, our 60s, our 70s, and beyond, because we really need to understand what it is that we're going to do in retirement and, more importantly, how we're going to fund our retirement. And, you know, in consideration of, you know, the fact that of late the market has been very volatile, And there's been a couple or three times that the yield curve has inverted. And these are things I talked about last time, that they might be signs of a recession. And there, you know what, there are going to be recessions in the future because of the cyclical nature of the marketplace. Um, So, you know, those indications and what I discussed last time was how they might bode for your retirement savings if some or all of your retirement savings are tied up in the stock market. However, today, instead of focusing on the stock market to create a pool of assets to be tapped into, or your pension, if you're fortunate enough to have one, or you know good old standby social security that hopefully all of us uh, will have access to uh, for the foreseeable future and beyond. Today, I want to discuss another method of funding your retirement that may be available to some of us if we own a home with a substantial amount of equity. So, of course, I'm talking about utilizing a reverse mortgage. However, and again, I must emphasize that there are so many fraudsters and scam artists out there in the world seeking out mature people to take their equity, and some of them offer products that might look like a reverse mortgage. I'm only going to discuss the type of reverse mortgage that's offered through and underwritten by the United States government, particularly the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, And it's technically known as a Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. So let's have a quick overview of what a Home Equity Conversion Mortgage is for seniors. Uh, And I got this information from the uh, HUD uh, website that you can Google and and go on and get more information for yourselves. But a Home Equity Conversion uh, Mortgage for Seniors It says that reverse mortgages are increasing in popularity with seniors who have equity in their homes and want to supplement their retirement income. The only reverse mortgage insured by the United States federal government is called a Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, a HEMEC, and it is only available through a FHA-approved lender. If you are a homeowner age 62 or older and have either paid off your mortgage or have substantially paid it down and you're currently living in the home, you may be able to participate in the FHA, Federal Home Association, uh, HEMAC program. The HEMAC is FHA's reverse mortgage program that enables you to withdraw a portion of your home's equity. The amount of that will be available for withdrawal varies by homeowner, and it it depends on the age of the youngest borrower or eligible non-borrowing spouse, the current interest rate, and the lesser of the appraised value or the HEMIC FHA mortgage limits or sales price. Uh, If there's more than one borrower and no eligible non-borrowing spouse, the age of the youngest borrower is used to determine the amount that the homeowner can borrow. And, you know, you can also use this product to purchase a primary residence if you are able to use cash on hand to pay the difference between the HEMAC amount proceeds and the sales price plus all of the varying costs that are included in the purchase price. So I'm going to give a little bit more uh, detail now. So what is this home mortgage, uh, uh, home equity conversion mortgage, and, and how did it come into being? Well, it was created back in 1987 by Congress, um, and it. Basically, was an experiment to see if there was something that the government could do to help seniors um, better be able to pull money from their homes safely and use those money uh, to fund some or all of their retirement. So it started out with just uh, uh, an experiment with 2,500 of these vehicles set up and distributed across the country. And um, so pursuant to this 1987 law, the Department uh, of uh, of Housing Development uh, was authorized to insure these products because that's what the government does. It doesn't lend the money, it insures it. So if a lender lends the money and there's a problem, we as the taxpayers will pick up the tab. So the, the purpose of the program ensures that What are commonly referred to as reverse mortgages are designed to enable elderly homeowners to convert their equity in their homes to a monthly stream of income or a line of credit. So here are the basic characteristics of the home equity conversion mortgage or reverse mortgage. Loan proceeds in these particular vehicles are paid out according to a payment plan selected by the individual borrower, and um, it's only able to be utilized for pulling out equity. So let's contrast it to a forward residential mortgage in which you or I, if we're buying a more um, buying a home, we borrow the proceeds from a lender, and then on a forward-going basis, we make periodic payment. A reverse mortgage is repaid in one payment after the death of the borrower or when the borrower is no longer occupying the property as his or her primary residence. So what happens in a reverse mortgage is you get a lump sum of money, or you get periodic payments, uh, in, in, in uh, or you get a line of credit, and you don't pay it back. It gets paid back when you, there's this one commercial like, when you leave the home. <laughs> so, you know, that either means when you take the long dirt nap. Uh, but there's also some other ways uh, that the mortgage becomes uh, due and payable. And we'll talk about that when we come back from our short break.
2: Back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead.
1: Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion of reverse mortgages and by going into a little bit more detail. And again, my source material comes directly from the HUD Home Equity Conversion Mortgage Handbook, which you can find on the HUD website by just googling it. Okay, before we left, I gave a general overview, gave a little bit about the history of how uh, this particular product was created back in 1987. And again, the purpose is to assist the elderly homeowner in converting some of the equity in his or her home into a monthly stream of income uh, or a lump sum payment or a line of credit that they don't have to pay back. And it comes basically out of the proceeds if the home has to be sold, okay? That's how the government gets paid back. And then there's uh, an insurance mechanism that if something happens in the house uh, doesn't have enough value to pay back the loan, um, or if the heirs want to intervene and pay back the loan, there's all these uh, safe gap measures. And if all else fails, the... Department of Housing and Urban Development basically uh, will repay the loan, but there's insurance uh, uh, premiums that are paid to offset some of the expenses in case the deal falls through, okay? So the characteristics, basically uh, a reverse mortgage is different from a forward mortgage, and both mortgages, both types, the Individual, the borrowers get a lump sum of money. In a forward mortgage, when we buy our house, um, Bank of the X will um, write a check to the seller and we pay that mortgage back over 15, 20, 30 years, or wh- however we agree to do it. So it's both instances you get a lump sum, and in a reverse mortgage, there's a lump sum or cash flow payments that go to um, the elderly borrower, but they don't pay it back. It's paid back out of the equity that's uh, available when the home is sold when the borrower leaves the home. Okay. Now, one of the great things about a home equity conversion mortgage is it's a non-recourse loan. So A non-recourse loan means that the lender can only go after the collateral to get back uh, its investment. Um, Recourse loans are loans where um, the lender has access to other assets of the borrower. So by this being a non-recourse loan, um, the borrower or his or her estate will never owe more on the loan balance than the value of the property, whichever is less, and no other assets of the home, the borrower, can be used to repay the debt. So that's very, um, a safeguard for the heirs of the uh, senior once he or she leaves the home and uh, the collection period starts. Uh, now, a home equity conversion mortgage can either be uh, have a, um, a fixed or variable interest rate, but it doesn't have a fixed maturity date or a fixed mortgage amount. It's very flexible. If a lender is unable to make uh, the payment to the borrower, that's another safeguard. Once the loan is taken out and, say, the lender fails, HUD will step up and be responsible for making those uh, cash flow streams to the borrower until the lender is able to resume its responsibility. And um, so, so it, it's a really good, it, it safeguards the taxpayers with insurance, and that same insurance is used to make the payments to the borrower if the lender runs into financial difficulty. Okay, the mortgage proceeds paid by the lender and or HUD will be secured by a first and second mortgage, a deed of trust on the property. These liens will allow the lender and HUD to recover any losses, again, only up to the value of the property when the borrower dies or no longer uh, maintains the property as his or her Primary residence. So, I'm going to talk about some things that you need to consider. Uh, Leaving the home also means if the borrower, say, has a a catastrophic illness uh, and has to leave the home to be cared for in another facility. If the borrower is away from the home for more than 12 months, that also is an incident of leaving the home. So uh, one needs to make sure that you understand what that means uh, because some seniors are going to um, uh, have illness and need to be cared for. So it might just be that you might need to have another kind of insurance policy uh, where the borrower can stay in the home and get the treatment and assistance they need bought into the home. So it's just... I want to point that out. So, what are the eligibility requirements? The person, the borrower, must be at least 62 years of age or older. um, And the eligible properties are one unit dwellings, single family dwellings, multifamily dwellings, and, for example, uh, units and condominiums. Uh, Eligible borrowers should own their homes free and clear or with liens not exceeding the principal amount. So not very many people anymore can pay down their home altogether, but say you have a house with substantial amount of equity, you might be able to borrow against that substantial amount of equity, okay? Um, So uh, the limits again, um, there's no uh, uh, minimum amount And the maximum amount will be determined by uh, the FHA underwriting criteria. And there's five separate payment plans. The borrower has a choice of receiving the mortgage proceeds through these five payment plans, and they go into great detail in the HUD handbook that you can look at. If you're contemplating uh, taking out a reverse mortgage, I would advise you to look at the handbook. There's a, a payment plan called tenure. Under this payment plan, the borrower will receive equal monthly payments from the lender for as long as the borrower lives and continues to occupy the residence. So that might be for the kind of person who has who can't take a lump sum because they doubt that they have the ability to properly budget uh, for themselves. So there's tenure. That means tenure means while you're in the house and while, while you're still alive. Term, you can set a fixed period of months with, with which to collect the payments. And then there's various kinds of tenure and term modifications that are available to the borrower. And um, you can change the type of payment that you want. Uh, Say you're doing the tenured one or a modified version of one, and then you decide later on you want to do a term. There is the ability to um, do that. And they also have a a program where you can um, share the appreciation of the property. Say the house is is in a neighborhood in San Francisco, for example, where the properties are going up by leaps and bounds. One way to um, pay back is to share some of the appreciation with the lender. Uh, So if the house goes up, you know, $100,000 in value or $500,000 in value over the course of time, the the appreciation will be shared between the borrower and the borrower's estate and the lender, and um, that might make the terms, the interest rate and other terms more favorable to the borrower. And there's a whole section on interest rates, so I won't bore you with that. Um, but in order to take advantage of this program, it is required that you take a counseling course through an FHA HUD-approved uh, counseling service to make sure that you understand um, what's involved in this, prog- in this program. And so how, how is the money recovered again by the uh, lender? The borrower may occupy the property until the mortgage becomes due and payable. A mortgage will become due and payable when the borrower dies, when the property is no longer used as the principal residence, or as I, sh- I shared a little bit earlier, the borrower does not occupy the property for 12 consecutive months for health reasons, or and always, of course, if the borrower um, violates any of the terms of the of the mortgage so just quickly uh, again uh, what's the process the borrower has to receive HUD approved counseling from an agency eligibility is determined after they are are counseled Um, then there's an estimating process that goes on including an appraisal Um, then there's a determination of the interest rates and the terms The disbursement of the sales proceeds and when everything is – and there's insurance proceeds that has to be set up. It's like mortgage insurance to make sure that the value doesn't go down and the the lender's on the hook for everything. And then then you can borrow up to 98% of the uh, amount that you want, and there's an insurance policy up to 98%. Again, the money gets paid back when the borrower leaves the home. So we all want to make sure we stay in our homes as long as we can. There's nothing wrong with living for a really long time. So I'm going to leave it there for now. But as I always like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we want to stay on the right side of the law, including protecting our home if we decide to use a reverse mortgage. So until next time, take care. Bye for now.
2: Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead.